Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles everywhere, to the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro, and I come to you from north, northern New Jersey, somewhere up here. Team Hotel is in Parsippany, New Jersey, and about a 10-minute drive here to Jets training camp, and the Eagles about to hit the field on Tuesday morning here, the first of two days of joint practices with the Jets ahead of Friday's preseason finale. And their job's on the line. And we're going to talk about that in this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast. So, yeah, it's been a tough preseason in a lot of ways. It's been a great preseason in most ways. No injuries to note. Knock on wood. Knock, 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 knock. Eagles aren't showing a thing in these preseason games, as you know. The purpose of the preseason is to find the best 53 players. I just felt the need to remind you because it's been on the scoreboard for sure. Uh, not as the Eagles want it to be. Losing 35-0 to the New England Patriots last week. Not exactly what the Eagles wanted, of course. But they are here, and look, do we know if the starters are going to play much? Probably not. We really don't know that, but, you know, kind of get the idea that the Jets might play their starters. Eagles might not. Nick Sirianni looks at these joint practices as every day is a preseason game. We'll see. But the Eagles uh, getting, getting moving forward here. The roster is down to 80 players. Got to be down to 53 by August 31st at 4 p.m. So a final week that is very, very important for the Philadelphia Eagles. We've got a great episode for you here today. We're going to talk to Dan Ryan, who's in charge of the Eagles travel, about putting all of this together, moving, oh gosh, almost 200 people up the Jersey Turnpike and living, literally living out of a hotel for four days. We're going to talk to Ron Jaworski about the progress that he has seen from Jalen Hurts and the challenges ahead for Jalen Hurts. Jaws and I spoke as we were standing watching practice recently. So a very candid interview with Jaws. And also Mike Quick discusses the state of the Eagles wide receivers as a group, for sure young, young group of players, and Quick Six has some very interesting things to say about these Eagles wide receivers. Let's begin, as we like to do, because we like you to get to know the players, with a one-on-one. Third-round draft pick Milton Williams from Louisiana Tech is someone the Eagles very high on. Defensive tackle? And we'll just call him a defensive lineman. Let's get to meet Eagles rookie defensive lineman Milton Williams. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro, our continuing coverage of the Philadelphia Eagles training camp 2021 here with Milton Williams, Eagles defensive lineman. We're here at the Jets facility, first day of joint practices. Let's let's talk about this practice first. What was it like out there today uh, against a really good football team with an offensive line that's big, talented, strong? How'd it go out there for you? Man, I think it, it went pretty good for me. You know, coming in, I, I start off a little slow, but I'm a little bit more confident in my abilities now. And I think we came out here and handled our business today. It was a good practice, uh, high intensity, good competition, and I feel like we got better today. Oh, I got a lot of things to talk to you about. Talk about what about the level of confidence? Why wasn't it super high at the beginning? Just trying to learn your way around? Just trying to get adjusted, adjusted to the speed of the game. Uh, everybody is better at this level, so you got to try to pick off as alignment gives you. And then as far as me learning, I'm really learning every position on the defensive line. So just kind of 
sharpening all my all my sharpening my mind on all those positions, and then once I get lined up, go to back to my checklist of, of the things I need to focus on in this certain position. So I think it, it, it started slow with that, but I have picked it up now. I imagine you had been told that it would be a transition in terms of the tempo mm -hmm. from Louisiana Tech to the NFL, right? Yeah, definitely. So, so, no, so has it been more than you thought at, at first? Um, nah, it, it kind of it's kind of what I expected a little bit, but. Um, I think with practice, you're always gonna get better. Then going against going against our offensive line every day, man, we we're gonna have one of the best offensive lines in the league. Going against when we go against these other teams, I mean they're good, but we got one of the best in the league. All right, Milton, let's talk about playing everywhere on the defensive line. Uh, for the people for the people out there watching, they don't really understand the difference. Hey, the ball snapped, you get up the field, you try to beat your man. An end playing on the edge. What what has that been like for you? What what, what skill set do you need to, to succeed and excel off the edge? On the edge, you gotta have the one of the top one of the best get offs, get offs, eyes. Make sure you're looking at the right thing and technique. <laughs> There's the eyes right there. Yeah, you need to have good eyes and good technique playing on the outside. Make sure you're looking at the right things and. Have, what are you looking at? Looking at the the tip of the uh, the tackle. If you go down, looking, you know, if you go down, you know something coming back. So make sure you fit in the, uh, the puller right. And then uh, watching film on these guys, you know their tendencies as far as what they're going to do in pass rush. So try to scheme up your moves off of that. So the Eagles have you on the edge because they want size on the edge. How has that been taking on bigger, really agile offensive tackles? What, because it's, it's a different deal than working inside where it's tighter, faster against guards and centers. Uh, I think it's... My, me personally, I think it's easier to play on the outside because in the trenches, like you said, it's tighter spaces, and then most of the time you're holding up 600 pounds when you get a right. double team. Mm -hmm. So, and how many moves do you have? I mean, you got a lot of moves, but when you come out to practice, you can only focus on two. So try to get two, get uh, focus on one one move to start off, and then have a counter move off that, and try to work that all practice, and then the next day try to fine tune something else. But you can't come out here with too much too much stuff on your mind because you'll come out there and just be doing all kind of stuff. So, okay, now we talked about playing on the edge. Now talk about moving down and playing inside. What is that? What is the skill set required there against such massive guys and multiple guys? Strength, uh, get off, pad level. I think pad level is probably the most important thing as far as playing inside because if you go in there and you standing up and they come with a, with a double team, you're going to go for a ride. So get off. You want to get the first touch, have good pad level, and get extension. Try to split those double teams. And as far as pass, uh, I think I can. I got a little bit of an advantage going against the guards because, like I said, I played defensive end most most of my football career. So moving inside, going against uh, slower guards, using my athleticism, I feel like I got a little bit of an advantage inside. So if you were to like look at the Eagles' defensive line and say, okay, there's BG over there, there's Derek Barnett, there's Josh, there's Fletch, there's Hargrave. Do you try to take a little bit of everything that they have and incorporate that into your game? Definitely. Uh, when I first got drafted here, I was like, man, I'm finna be on a team with Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, uh, Hargrave, Sweaty, DB, all those guys. They've been they've been helping me out ever since I got here. So I've been kind of getting tips from all of them. I sit next to BG in meetings. So every time we watch film, he give me little tidbits to look at. Every time we're on the practice field, when I'm when I'm working tackle, fledges in my ear, always let me know a couple of things I can get better on and what to focus on and things like that. So I try to take a little piece from everybody, and I feel like that's gonna help me in the long run. In college, were you just a better athlete and just over? I mean, in general, just you were just better than the guy across the line scrimmage from you. Yeah, because and, and now because right, cause you're you're bigger, stronger, faster. Yeah. So but coming out of high school, you know, I felt like I could have went somewhere 
bigger, but obviously I didn't get the opportunity, so I just had to take advantage of my opportunities at Louisiana Tech, and I'm here now. And now at the NFL level, you need to be way more than a great athlete and a great physical talent. You need to have brains. So tell me about your, what what is in your notebook? Is it like this copious word-by-word notebook that Tracy Rocker, everywhere he says, you're kind of writing it down? Kinda. (laughs) I want to say that when we're in film, uh, when we're in meetings, I'm making sure I'm writing down most of what everybody is saying what our game plan is going to be for this week. And then once we watch film, and I watch film on my own of certain guys that uh, we're going to practice against, I got little notes and little tidbits of what to look for when we get out here on the practice field and then when we get out on the game. So my notebook is uh, pretty thick right now. I'm going to have to get a, a new one in a minute. How is your brain functioning with all this? I mean, let's talk about off the field now. You sleeping well? Oh, yeah. Because you, you come out here, you, you bust your tail all day. You, you're going to be tired eventually. So you got to make sure you're getting that rest so you can uh, get your body right for the next day. Come out ready to work. What are you doing when you're not in football right now? When you're at the hotel, are you you reading any books? You watching any movies? You checking out any video games? What are you doing to relax your mind? Um, first, uh, recovery, ice tub, normal take things like that, stretching. Then I try to get me a nap in. The naps after practice usually be the best naps that you can get. <laughs> and uh, I watch a little TV here and there, but most of the time I'm, I'm watching film, and I'm with with the other guys talking talking football and things like that. So. It's been smooth so I, far. I think what fans want to know, Milton, also is rookies like have responsibilities. You are the new guys on the block. What do you have to do because you're a rookie? Like, did you sing your fight uh, song, your alma mater fight song? No, nah, we had the, the well, they made us sing R&B. Okay, so what did you sing? I, I sung uh, Boosie Collins, I'd Rather Be With You. How, how's that go? I'd rather be with you. Yeah. Did you get a standing ovation? No. They booed me at first, <laughs> but as I as I got the words, they saw that I, that I knew the words, so they kind of they kind of cheered for me. That's fine. And, and I know you carry the Rita's water eyes. I mean, there's like, right? Carrying Fletcher Fletcher's pads, right. BG pads. Uh, before before camp even started, they sent us a checklist of, of all we had to get uh, things for the room. So we spent about three hundred dollars on like snacks to keep the room stocked up and things <laughs> like that. And then once uh, once the season gets started. Uh, they got they got a uh, a list of stuff that they're gonna have us do. But if you were at the last game, uh, Rodney uh, McLeod, he had got all the rookies some uh, some big suits, or some tacky suits, and we had to wear them to the game. But ah, the zoot suits. We we showed up a little early, so wouldn't nobody see us. But I just saw Landon Dickerson walking around with the overalls. I thought I thought that was, that was his deal. No, he he I don't, he just picked that. I don't oh, know. okay. That's, that was his choice. Milton, what's it gonna take for you to be the the best player that you feel you can be? Just practice, practice. And my coach staying on me and getting the best out of me every day. Are you hungry? What? Are you hungry? I'm asking you, are you hungry? Yeah, yeah, I'm hungry. Okay, okay. I want to be the best, you know, coming out. A lot of people talk down on me saying, well, he undersized and he can't do this and can't do that. No, I I put all that in the back of my mind when I come out here every day and try to prove them people wrong. I love to hear that. Good stuff. Is it fun? Yeah, definitely. This has been a dream. This is a dream come true. You know, being little back home, always watching NFL games and dreaming of being being in this position one day and I'm finally here. So this, I mean, this is a dream come true. You get a, you're making money doing something that you love to do. It's, you're not really working, you know what I'm saying? So you're playing the game. I hear that. I love it. Milton, thanks, man. Appreciate thanks for that. Milton Williams, Eagles defensive lineman here at Jets training camp, Eagles and the Jets. Joint practice day number one is in the books. All right, so young Mr. Milton learning his ways around the NFL. Now let's talk about the quarterback position. Jalen Hurts didn't play in the preseason game against New England. He is fine now. He's on the practice field. No worries there. And um, he's got a lot of challenges here. Defensive coordinators have the book 
on Jalen Hurts. At least they think they do. They're going to try to limit his mobility. They're going to try to make him win from the pocket. Well, how is he going to do that? Well, for the answers, who better to go to than a member of the Philadelphia Eagles Hall of Fame, the great Ron Jaworski. Jaws, we're here watching Jalen Hurts. Um, what challenges does he face in his first full year here as a starter? I think, Dave, the, the biggest challenge for Jalen Hurts is going to be repetitive accuracy. You know, I, I watched him in Alabama, Oklahoma, a season last year, broke his tape down. He has all the tools to be a high-level quarterback in this league. As I've studied him, though, he has a tendency to lose a rhythm in a game. Throw balls behind a receiver, throw balls high. And I think that where he's got to elevate his game is that repetitive accuracy with his throws. And I like the fact that Nick Sirianni has worked with quarterbacks in his career, you know, worked at the offensive side of football. He understands that part of it. And it's just repetition. It's it's work. You got to put the work in. And the one thing we know about Jalen, he'll put the work in. So it's just, is it mechanics that you're kind of refining and you're just working on those mechanics? I mean, what exactly, what is repetitive? Absolutely, Dave. I, 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 you know, in my 17-year career, I was very fortunate to work with some great quarterback coaches. Obviously, Hall of Famer, Sid Gilman, the great Dick Vermeil, you know, Marty Schottenheimer, Don Shula, guys that understood the quarterback position. And it was all about... In fact, that was a great throw. <laughs> yeah, Jalen Hurts yeah. to Tyree Jackson, yeah. leaping catch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's about that repetitive accuracy, and I, and I think you can get better by being accurate. And sometimes, as a quarterback, you throw to a receiver. As I'm looking at number 35 out here right now, so if you, I'm some quarterback, say, "Hey, I'm going to throw to 35." No, you don't throw to 35. You hit, you split the three and the five, you put a spot. It's pinpoint accuracy. You don't throw it over the full person. You throw to, a, you, you pick a spot where you want to throw it. And that's how you develop that accuracy. And it's just repetitive practice in the off season, in training camp, in the regular season. And you have to have a coach that pushes you and doesn't accept mediocrity. Can a coach also kind of mitigate that by the design of the game plan? Can you make easy throws for a quarterback? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I you know, as a, I, I can speak my own experience and, you know, the guys I was around, you know, Dan Marino, a Hall of Famer. I played with Dan for two years. Dan always loved to come out with a couple of easy throws. You know, quick screen pass, bubble screen pass, tight end, you know, just to hook up five yards over the ball, a hank route, just to get a rhythm of the game. And I think every quarterback likes those few easy throws. Gonna, you know, you don't want to have your first throw to be a, a deep post, you know, because that's a low percentage throw. Give the quarterbacks the high percentage throws early, develop that confidence and rhythm, and that helps you throughout the game. People love Jalen's mobility. I've always said that you have to win from the pocket. I mean, how how do you kind of balance the two jaws when you're evaluating a quarterback? A quarterback who can make plays out of the pocket, but also ultimately defenses, I feel like, are going to take that away. I've been through all the Randalls and the Michael Vicks, and yeah. you got to win from the pocket. No question, Dave. And, you know, just, you know, we talk about the Tom Brady's of the world, uh, the Joe Flacco's of the world, guys that have, you know, won Super Bowl championships. They didn't do it by running for, you know, 800 yards in a season. Um, yeah, the runs look great. They get fans excited. But you have to play the quarterback position from the pocket first. And quarterbacks that run can do so for one reason. They can't. And it's almost you have to figure out a way, I'm going to go through my progression, not take off. When you have a running ability, you think, okay, it's always saved me. It saved me in Little League football, saved me in high school football, saved me in college. But you get to the NFL, you don't want to take the hits. 
You, it's, it, it's not necessary ability, it's availability. You can't have your quarterback running downfield getting whacked by these, these defensive players that are big, strong, and nasty right now. What is your sense of what Nick's going to run offensively? Oh, I, 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 I believe they're going to throw the football, not early, but I believe they'll evolve into a passing team. But I think when you look at this team, how it's built, Really good defensive line, really good offensive line. I think the defensive line will keep him in every game. I really do. I think you got to run the football, set up the play action, and with a young quarterback, give him those defined throws that we just spoke about. When you run play action and turn your back to the defense, you run what we call either-or reads. Either throw it here or throw it there, not full-field reads. So if you're running the football, getting safeties, biting up, linebackers biting up, you create bigger voids to throw the ball into. So I think you'll see a team that wants to run the football eventually become a real pure passing team, but open up the play-action passing game. And then finally, Jaws, the wide receiver position, five draft picks in the last three drafts, two first-round picks in the last two years. I mean, your sense of a really young group at wide receiver and what that means for the quarterback. Well, this is a talented group of wide receivers. You know, we're out here standing by the field and just watch these guys run. And I watch enough Devontae Smith to know that he's going to be an impact player from day one. I think Jalen Rager, you know, he, he, I don't ever make excuses for guys, but he had no offseason last year. It was a pandemic. It, it, was a, it was a horrible way to start your career. It really was, for, not only for him, but a lot of other rookies last year. I think he's got great God-given talent. So when you have guys that have the talent, it's a matter of getting that talent out of them. Once this team begins to flourish within this system and everyone understands the system, because that's going to take time. It's not going to be a, a refined system week one. You go through the season, and I would make this equation the last year. Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay. You know, it was a little bumpy in the beginning for Tom Brady, but Tom's a smart quarterback, obviously, you know, maybe, maybe a GOAT. But as the season wore on, you saw the offense come together. I think that's what you'll see here in Philadelphia. It may be a little bit sporadic early, but once Jalen gets a fear for this receiving core and they understand him, I think this offense could be pretty dynamic. Thanks, Charles. You bet, Dave. And moving right along, to be a great quarterback, you need great receivers. And Eagles Hall of Famer Mike Quick thinks the Eagles are moving in the right direction there. I had a chance to talk to Quick Six on Tuesday morning here. And he's pretty high on this young group of pass catchers. So here we are on the eve of the, you know, final preseason game. And I wonder, in your opinion, what have you seen from the receiver group as a whole? Um, whew, a lot of excitement. A young group, a lot of energy, a lot of speed. Speed is one thing that really jumps out when you talk about this young group, Dave. And there's a lot of speed, but also there's a whole lot of talent and skill along with the speed. It's one thing to have speed. But when you have the skill and the talent to go along with that speed, uh, you've got a really good combination. And uh, really impressed with the um, the emphasis on the fundamentals each and every day in practice. And when I watch when I watch some of the individual periods and the emphasis that they have on on just the basics, the fundamentals, and things that can carry over into game situations, I really like what's happening in terms of the development of these young players. Interesting. So let's, who has jumped out at you the most? I mean, we've all watched Devonte, and we'll get into him in just a moment. We've all watched Jalen. We'll get into him also. Who, who else has jumped out at you? So there are a couple of guys and I know everyone talks about Quez Watkins because he has been spectacular in some of the things that he's done here in the, in the preseason. Um, the first week um, you didn't see a lot from Jalen Rager, but as camp has gone on, I, I think he's gotten better and better. 
uh, particularly the week that they practiced against the New England Patriots. I thought he really started to show up. Um, the one kid that no one's really talking about is Andre Patton. And I know that he's um, a guy who's been in the system a little while, so he knows it a little better. But I, I he has played really good football in my mind. Um, catches the ball well uh, because he's been in the system, understands it, doesn't make mistakes. Um, I, I think about those two guys, first of all, when you're not talking about the obvious ones. So, Mike, let's talk about Rager first. Um, where is he in his development? How ready is he in 2021 to make an impact in the regular season? I think he'll be an impact player. I think he's got a lot of skill. And it's really a matter of utilizing him the right way. And that, that to me, is getting him the ball in, in his hands early in space because he's one of these guys that can really run with the ball. Once he's got the ball in his hands, that's when the fun begins. He's that type of player. Um, and I think a lot of Nick Sirianni's offense, it's going to center around that. If you look at what he's done in the past, he has a lot of plays where he gets the ball into guys' hands early, even behind the line of scrimmage or really short routes or the screen routes on the outside. Uh, these guys that have the ability to run after the catch and get the ball to them early and allow them to do what they're really good at doing. And that's kind of the role that I see him in. Have you seen consistency from Rager? He's been up and down. But as I said, the, the latter part of, or the most recent part of training camp, uh, you're really starting to see him come around and show a little more consistency. Now, he's had the spectacular catches uh, that everybody's documented in training camp, but he's also had some of those days when he put the ball on the ground. So he's got to become more consistent to really uh, take the leap that we want to see him take, take in his second year. With Quez, Mike, it's interesting. I, I kind of last year saw a kid who, and again, I wasn't up close to him because we, we were both virtual. And to yep. me, Quez seemed like a skinny speedster. Now he's put on eight or nine pounds. He seems stronger. There's more to him than just that raw speed. So I wonder, you know, is he is he ready to be part of this offense in a significant way? There's no question he's ready. And I think, you know, if you go back and listen to some of the interviews from his college coach, and, and I did, he talked about Quez just maturing, and that's all I think he needs. You know, he's going to get his man body after being in, in the league for a couple of years. That extra eight pounds that he put on, it's just him becoming a man and getting a little bit stronger. Um, and just maturing, and maturing as a football player, he's going to be a dynamic player. Uh, a kid that can do a little bit of everything. So he can beat you down the field. He can beat you behind the line of scrimmage if you're giving him screens, and et cetera. Um, he can beat you in a variety of ways. Route running is excellent, really good hands. Um, I like this group of receivers for a lot of reasons. Mike, let's get to Devontae here. Um, you and I kind of spoke for a minute after the preseason debut. He had a couple of drops. He certainly didn't play to the level that he wanted. And I'm sure that he reacted by beating himself up. He seems to be that kind of kid. Uh, but we yeah. also, you and I acknowledge just how special he was in other parts of his game that maybe fans don't see. What specifically excites you so much about him just from a technical standpoint? He's so smooth. 
he does things that a lot of guys struggle to do with ease. He's very, very smooth and fluent. Uh, against press coverage, defensive backs have trouble just getting hands on him because he's just that smooth. His feet are so quick at the line of scrimmage. He's able to slip guys when they're trying to get hands on him. And if they miss at the line of scrimmage on him, they have no chance of catching up to him and, and beating him on a route. Um, route running is excellent. He understands leverage and separation. And one of the things that I'm really impressed with is his transition, getting in and out of breaks. And, you know, that's where you, you truly get separation from defenders in the transition phase of getting in and out of breaks. And he's really good at it. And he does it with ease, catches the ball with ease. When he catches the football, you don't hear a loud thump as you will from some receivers. It's a real quiet, the ball just just sucks into his hands. Do you think that we will see him drop two or three passes at any time the rest of the season? I mean, to me, what happened against <laughs> the Steelers, or against the Patriots, rather, I just feel like that was just maybe a case of the nerves, or I don't, I don't know what it was, but I just, I've never seen him drop a pass in practice. No, listen, seriously, everybody's going to drop a pass. That's not going to... There's no one who's going to play the game that's not going to drop a ball. The kid's going to drop a ball, but I guarantee you he's going to catch a whole lot more than he drops. When the ball touches his hands, uh, he's catching nearly every one of them. Mike, the one thing we haven't discussed is size. The, these, you know, Quez yep. and Jalen and, and Devontae, they are not big receivers. Where is the size coming from with this receiving core? You don't have to have size. Who said that? I, I think that all of these guys are big enough. They're plenty big enough to play in this league. They're plenty big enough to um, even show the durability. You know, everyone talks about Devontae's size because he is slight, but he played 54 games at Alabama, didn't miss games. And you're playing against the best of the best at that level. And now you move up to the next level. Uh, he, just like Quez, in, in a couple of years, you know, he'll put on five, eight pounds. Um, I, I don't see a problem with the size, quite honestly. I don't see a problem with the size of any of these guys. They can flat out play, and that's all you really need. Um, there's no measurement for for what's in these guys' chest. And to me, that's the biggest measurement. You know, what's, what's in his heart, what's he's willing to give, um, how tough is the guy. That size you can't measure, and that to me – is the biggest difference. And then finally, Mike, we haven't mentioned Greg Ward. We haven't mentioned Travis Fulgham. We haven't mentioned J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. These three players, I mean, we think are kind of the next in line here. And Greg is probably a starter in the slot. I mean, where do they fit in? What have you seen from – we know Greg Ward is super consistent. What about Travis and J.J.? Well, Travis has been up and down. Greg Ward, you're right. He's, He's the veteran of the group. In terms of playing time, uh, although he's really young, what is he, 25, 26 years old? Um, But he's played more football in the NFL than any of these guys. So, uh, And and he's really smart. And I've watched him line guys up. They break the huddle and they go out and they're in one of these bunch sets. or uh, And of the guys out of position, Greg Ward is the guy that's going to be the general, putting guys in, in the right place and making sure that everybody's on point. Um, so he has a role always just because 
He's Greg Ward. He catches the ball well. He's very consistent. Travis Fogum, I think, still has to make this roster. I think J.J. Ortega-Whiteside still has to make the roster. I don't think either one of these guys, when you look at the numbers, they're going to get caught up. They're not. This team's not going to carry six receivers unless they're the guys that are on the developmental squad. Um, so I think it's going to be difficult when you look at the numbers and you've got, you know, you've got Devontae, you've got Jalen Ray, you've got Quez, you've got Greg Ward. Uh, that fifth guy, um, John Hightower, we haven't really talked about. That fifth guy, uh, one of the three guys, Travis or Hightower or JJ, and they still have to make the squad. Interesting. Well, that's why there's a preseason game on Friday night, and honestly, that's truly why it matters. There's a job to be won here. Yeah, that's that's for sure. And, you know, I don't think we're going to see a lot of the starters, and not for very long, but, um, you know, these guys that make the make up the back end of the roster, they're very important to the success of the of this football team uh, going down the stretch and, and throughout the season. And we wrap it up here with a really interesting interview. Dan Ryan in charge of the Eagles travel and logistics on the travel trips. And this is this includes everything. This includes player travel. This includes road trips. This includes hosting the Patriots at the Novacare Complex. And it includes the Eagles making a big commitment, a big commitment in every way, moving up the turnpike for four days this week to practice twice against the Jets, have a walkthrough on Thursday, and then a preseason game on Friday. Dan Ryan tells us all about it. Dan, there's a, this is a huge undertaking. Kind of like just go through some of the mechanics of it. How many people, when did it start, you know, the planning for this, and, and just what kind of project has, been, has, has this been? Yeah, it's a little bit different than years past um, because we're limited uh, the number of people we can have here because of COVID protocols still. So, you know, it's a blessing and a curse because less people means you have less hands to kind of help move things around and get everything set up for the players and the coaches. But um, we're, we're probably in the – when we get down to game day, we'll, we'll be under a 160 with, you know, with the squad, with the players. Um, right now, we're a little bit bigger than that. We're probably about 100 staff up here. And uh, I think we're at about 75 players right now up here uh, with a couple guys back home rehabbing still. So, um, you know, every hand helps. It, it takes a village to put all this together. So it's not like it's just one person or, or anything like that. It's, you know, every department was up here uh, ahead of the team yesterday, getting set up, setting up the training room, setting up, um, you know, the equipment. We built a locker room this week, which is something we haven't done in the past. Um, so that's that's an interesting take on um, a locker room in the hotel. A locker room in the hotel. Yeah. So we're we're working fully out of the hotel. The hotel today is basically the equivalent of the Novacare complex. So we we basically just we we walk around Novacare ahead of time. We we take notes of everything that we need and everything we need to use this week uh, for joint practices, and and we make sure that we either rent it or have it brought up or have the hotel provide it. So. It's it's encompassing, but we've got the blueprint. We we've done London, um, we've done LA, uh, and you know th- those type of trips. We did Super Bowl, obviously too, and that was kind of a whirlwind based on its being planned in about two weeks. Um, but each trip is different. Uh, about what the difficulties actually are. You know, we built a locker room that week. That was a big undertaking for our equipment staff. Um, 
when we went to LA, we basically retrofitted Anaheim baseball stadium to, to play football on for, for two and a half days. Um, so there's, there's different things, you know, and, and London, you're, you're traveling across international waters. So you're, you're right about passports and make sure everybody gets through customs and, and all those different things. Cause the last thing you want to do is leave someone, you know, at Heathrow airport. It's not a great look. So, um, everything has its little, uh, has its different nuances, but you know, the, the team behind the scenes works so well together to make sure the players are fully prepared for practice. And, and we approach this week, like it's three games, you know, it's two practices against the jets, which are as important as games at this time of year. And then, and then you have the game on, on Friday. So it's interesting. So that, so for people who don't know out there, this, you, you take a ballroom and turn into 81 lockers and plenty of room for the players and they all dress here they all undress here they get on a bus and they go what 10 15 minutes to the jets facility otherwise other than practice everything is done in the hotel yeah that's correct so yeah we're, we're based out of here this is home base um the only thing that'll be happening at the jets practice facility is, is really just what happens on the grass um everything else will be here you know and it's nice because you get the camaraderie of being in the building it reminds me of lehigh to be honest with you it you know we used to go out there and kind of be sectioned off section away from everyone and it, it's good for the guys last year we had covid there was this sensitive balance of we're together but we're not together you're in mass you can't be within six feet of each other we couldn't eat in the meal room together last night guys were down here they're watching baseball games and hanging out and playing cards and you know BG has his Xbox system that he brings on road games and the guys can hang out and hook that up to the TV and play and hoot and holler. And, you know, you, you see that team building happen um, in in weird places like like the cafeteria or the meal room at the hotel. So it's it's refreshing to see that come back after COVID. How long in the in the works has this been? Um, this we probably started in, I would say, probably May, you know, the coaches started talking about where, who, who they were going to do joint practices with, and things like that. And then, we we get going with the planning process. We start looking for hotels. We start uh, making sure the buses are going to get in and out and quickly. Because, like you said, the players are getting dressed here, so they're wearing all their equipment to the practice. So you can't really put these big guys in big equipment on buses going 30, 40 minutes away. So you got to make sure you're close to to the practice facility and everything like that. And you know it's that's all part of the part of the process but you know we we came up um probably two or three times during the off season and during the summer just to make sure cross cross the the t's dot the i's and make sure everything was was set up for when we got here we got here uh yesterday morning at i think eight or nine a.m and we we just basically set everything up over the course of eight or nine hours before the team arrived for you this week, last question, what is it like? I mean, I imagine your phone is beeping constantly and, and you have to be on top of everything that happens here. Absolutely. I mean, it, it never stops. You're, you're basically like the point person for the building. You have to realize that you've got, you know, 175 people that just stepped into a building that they've never been in their lives. So they don't know where the light switches are. They don't know where the markers are, um, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. So the phone just constantly rings, but you know, that's part of the, the four and a half days that we're here. And you know, it's, you just get it done. And then once you get back to Novacare, you, it's a big relief and you're like, oh, I'm happy to be home. That'll do it for this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. Wanna thank Ray Doyle, as well as Peter Kelly and Julie McLaughlin for all their work. Thanks to all of you for joining us each and every week. If you have a moment to drop us the five-star review, that would be very nice. We're getting ready for the regular season here. But first, 
a preseason finale is to be played. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. And as always, fly, Eagles, fly. E-A-T-L!